Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a while. Hello and welcome to the dark forest. I'm Jackie Cation, your host of the dark forest. Here are the credits. Mike Rickberg composed and sang that song you just heard, the theme to the Dork Forest. He will sing his words to the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program. Patrick Brady's going to fix this audio. Yay. And Vilmos fixes my website, JackieCation.com. On JackieCation.com, there's a lot of things going on. You can watch me do stand-up. You can see my schedule for stand-up. You can, there's a player to just play the show if you want. You can play it on DorkForest.com or on iTunes or however you play podcasts, of course. You can review the show on iTunes if you like. That I think is supposed to help and, uh, and do good things. On JackieCation.com, there are also the Amazon banner. You can order from Amazon by going through that portal and I get a little bit of a kickback. Doesn't cost you extra. And there is merchandise if you want Dork Forest t-shirts. I have some hoodies in stock and, uh, Ranger of the Dork Forest t-shirts. And then I have a stand-up shirt and my CD and DVD. So that's that. Oh, the other thing is the donation button. If you want to, if you enjoy the show and you want to donate to the Dork Forest, feel free. I'd love to get a hundred dollars from each and every one of you. You can do it monthly, ten months, ten bucks a, a month, or you can do it all at once, or you can do it in in uh, five dollars and seventy two cents uh, at a crack if you like math a lot. But it's all up to you, and I totally appreciate you guys listening. Uh, this week, I am doing stand up comedy in outside of Seattle, Washington, a benefit from a buddy Kermit Apio. His, uh, his kids high school. <laughs> so if you want to come to that, there's a link on the scheduling page of the dork of JackieCation.com. It is going to be a great one. Oh, uh, the only other thing I guess would be I'm doing a new podcast with Lori Kilmartin over at Nerdist, just talking about doing stand up, us being, uh, road comics and ladies working the road. And then if you want premium episodes of the dork forest, it's at the dorkforest.bandcamp.com. Uh, com. And that is, they're two bucks a pop, and they're just, if you're jonesing for more Dork Forest, they're, there's always going to be free episodes every week on Tuesday, but those are just uh, live episodes that cost me a little bit of money to make, so I'm passing the non-savings on to you. So if you'd like to donate, or or you'd like to buy those, I appreciate it, and I hope you enjoy them, because they're super fun as well. Okay, thanks for coming out, and enjoy the show. Hey, it's Jackie Cation, I'm back in my living room. Uh, with the Dork Forest and with me, Troy Conrad, one of the founders, I think, creators of Setlist, one of my favorite shows on the pro, on, on the planet, quite honestly. I've talked about it on the Dork Forest before. Uh, at Troy Conrad for Twitter, at Setlist Show, I think, right? Yeah, Setlist Show. For Setlist. And then you're, you're also a photographer, so on Instagram, it's at Troy Conrad's, plural. That's right. Yeah. And Setlist set is on the Nerdist YouTube channel. People can actually watch. Yeah, if, if you uh, type into YouTube set list Nerdist or set list yeah, comedy, you will the find. playlist comes up of 60 episodes. One of them, Jackie Cation. Me, writing the mullet joke for the very first time, oh, which yeah. made the album. Which made the album. Yeah, you gotta love that, right? Is uh, That's my favorite thing about set list, is that you can get like real signature bits out of it. I think people don't realize how great it is for generating material. Like yeah. as long as you write shit down afterwards, then you're good. Yeah, right. You, and uh, I've taken to recording them, quite honestly, just on yeah. my iPhone. Oh yeah. I got an iPhone 4 
Troy. Pretty proud of it. Oh, the Ford. Yeah, the Ford. Has a, has a, <laughs> I heard good things a while back. <laughs> it's got a, it's got a recorder on it. <laughs> anyway, so it's good. What's humansofcomedy.com? Uh, that is, is that a, your photography website? That or? is a new website with uh, photography. Some of the stuff I do, I do. So I do a lot of photography at the Comedy Store. Oh, okay. And and all over at the Improv and different places. And I've been just just sort of accidentally, I started just taking pictures of comics, taking pictures of people who work at clubs. Okay. And so I'm calling it Humans of Comedy because it's uh, by definition the um, actual thing that's happening. Yes. Right? Fair enough. I like it. It's catchy. So, uh, Troy, I asked you for a list, and my favorite thing is that you mentioned another comic. But we're going to talk about that in a minute, because what okay. I really want is MMA, Mixed Martial Arts. Mixed Martial Arts. Do I have that right? Am I pronouncing that correctly? Yes, that's right. Is it uh, karate? <laughs> what is it? Karate. Is it judo? Is Kar- it jujitsu? What is karate it? Karate is one form. Uh, jujitsu is the most common because uh, it's form. mixed, I suppose. It's mixed. It's a little everything. It's a little karate. It's a little judo. It's oh. a little jujitsu. Is it a little, little punching in little the head? Kenpo. It is some punches and kicks to the head often. Kenpo. Uh, which I, that part I don't like that much. Um, but. Because it um, seems a little, just a little brute force. Well, it's uh, not as fun. Or- I, you know what? No, I enjoy, I enjoy brute force. It's fun to watch, uh, to watch people who are committed to, um, to destruction. Okay. But in agreement that, that Every, it's, it's cool. consenting adults, like, right? Like, yeah, not only consenting adults, but people who are friends. Like, it's a, it, it still blows my mind when you see someone fight. Like, you know, the UFC is the most popular. Like, the you know, it's what is the that most popular one? That's the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Okay, but that is, uh, you know, sort of what's brought this mainstream. It used okay. to be kind of a thing that uh, a few people watched. It, it, it was in the ba- the back room of dive bars, possibly. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, exactly. Or alleys, right? Or just alleys. <laughs> yeah, just happening live in alleys. <laughs> we want to see two guys, and these are these are athletes, right? These are I mean, the, not the, only athletes; these are the most conditioned athletes of any athletes. I did would they argue. invent cross training? What happened? No cross. Oh no. god, <laughs> CrossFit. You mean <laughs> CrossFit? Cross, oh yeah, yeah. No, it was cross training, and now it's CrossFit. Yeah, you're right. I haven't, I haven't kept you're up. Right. I'm so sorry. It's, no, uh, I'm still on uh, walking. Yeah. So, what, well, did you try? Have you done any of this? I, I did this. I did this. So this, by the way, this is a strange thing of how I got into it. Is that um, I got I had a severe injury uh, almost five years ago. Okay. Did you wipe out and hurt yourself or no? I uh, when setlist started. Okay. Uh, we went to the Edinburgh Fringe the first year. Right. I was uh, accountable for all the gear and setup and tech, and I carried with me. Uh, oh, it's super hilly there. Uh, not only super hilly, uh, cobblestones everywhere. So you can't oh, right. have- they got history all you over can't, the place. They have, yeah. And, and by the way, in this case, a little too much history because <laughs> you can't have a rolling suitcase. Like just a bicycle is difficult there. Wow. Those cobblestones will kill you. Wow. So I couldn't carry a wheeled suitcase. There was no way for me to carry. I had to carry a backpack with about a hundred pounds of gear. Never thought about it. Never occurred right. to me that you could damage yourself doing that. So every night, you know, I'm exhausted. I'm working these like 18 hour days. Right. The show ends, you know, I'm walking home. Because there's seven nights a week shows for a month or something. Is that true? It's, or is uh, it six? it's, tw- we did, I think we did 30 shows in 25 days. So it's every night a show. Oh, geez. It's, it's a month of shows. Right. And, you know, so I had to walk and, home. And, okay. And I had to carry this giant backpack. There was nowhere to store it at the theater? No, because if it gets stolen, show's over. People. Yeah. Oh, it, it, you, I could store it. And there's a 50% chance it'd still be there. 
Oh, the next day. those odds are not. Yeah, that is they're nothing. not great. Nobody, nobody's interested yeah. in those odds. <laughs> yeah. I'm not making that bet, and yeah. neither were you. No, I was not willing to bet. But I should have made that bet because what it cost me is my back. It, what it did is it compressed my spine. It smashed my discs together, Oof. and that pressed on the sciatic nerve, which meant that uh, I couldn't – for four months, I couldn't stand up, sit down, or lay down. Wait so, a minute. Now think of – is there any other position that exists? Yeah. There is is one. What is it? And that's what I had to do for four months. I had to uh, lay face forward over a gigantic yoga ball. That was the only thing I could do. That didn't scream pain at you. It didn't scream pain. And I just, I elected to not do heavy pain medication. Right. I did uh, <laughs> enough ibuprofen to damage my stomach forever. Sure. But, um, I, I was just really freaked out. I'm real neurotic and my, my, I think my mom made me so paranoid about drugs. I was right. freaked out. So I actually just endured excruciating pain and, um, can I want- feel your muscle? No, I'm, I'm an ass. <laughs> well, anyway. no. What, 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 <laughs> so, you know what happened though is, yeah, I accidentally. I, I was just, you know, I, it was very difficult. I watched television. There was not much I could do because of all the pain. Right. When I, I was clicking through. I would never watch mixed mar- people fighting. That's disgusting to me. I don't, I, by the way, I don't right. watch sports. I don't. I can't even name a sports team. I don't. Right. Watch you don't football. seem like a sport guy, and you don't seem like I know um, nothing. Uh, Sort of a, you seem more of a pacifist in life. I'm more of, when it comes to sports, probably in the pacifist uh, right. zone. I mean, I was a runner in uh, high school. Long distance? Yeah. My All dad right. was a runner. Oh, I, I was go. a long distance guy. Okay. I, I attempted wrestling uh, and I was 0-6 and that's all we'll go into there. Wow. Uh, that means uh, that I was beaten a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's Preferably. that's you not winning. Six yeah, that times. was me not winning six times. <laughs> yeah, that's a, there was no. So that was, was not no, my thing. That wasn't your thing. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. So like, uh, I. Um, so you're flipping channels. I'm flipping channels, and I see this stuff, and I always turn as fast as possible because, like, oh, there's blood. This is awful. <laughs> well, when I was in that level of pain, it didn't matter. Like, I wanted to. Now I was like, I'm in so much pain. It was interesting to see other people work through their pain. Oh, right? misery loves company to some extent. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And what I found is these guys, they go into the ring when they fight, and they got pain. Like they're dealing with pain that day. Okay. Maybe not a broken leg, but right. they're dealing with like, you know, when it's like. Your leg hurts so bad, you stub your toe or something or whatever that pain is and you don't even want to go outside, they still go out into the ring. Right. That was inspiring for me. So okay. what I said was, I am going to do this when Good. I get better. Okay. How long did it take you to get better from the sciatica? Uh, four months. I had to have a couple epidurals and then I eventually got better. Okay. What's an epidural? Is that epidural a- is what, when they, uh, God, I think they do it with pregnant uh, ladies. This don't is, they? I don't know if this is okay. This is graphic. Yeah. They do it with pregnant ladies. I'm assuming it's the exact same thing. Cause of contractions or cause of, uh, cause well, of muscles. I'm not sure why they do it for pregnant. Cause this was, they go, I lay down on my stomach and they stab a needle, uh, into your back and it goes into your spinal sac. And they inject. Oh, that's always painful. Cortisone. Um, the first time was actually so painful that I turned like white as a piece of paper. Like I actually yeah. looked in a mirror and I was white. Like I didn't know your skin could just go like Drain a all like the, a paper. Yeah. And I complete like all my like I just collapsed. Like it was the worst. You just passed out. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the second one was okay. So um, and then it got me better. Anyway, that's what got me into watching this sport. Right. And then I said, I'm going to do it. So then I, uh, after I got better, after four months, 
I started taking some jujitsu. Um, I so you went did to class some... with children or with no, adults? no grown adults. Okay, so everybody's learning. Everybody's learning jujitsu. That would have boosted my self esteem if I had just been able <laughs> to compete like, against. Children. I will kick your ass, six year old. Yeah, and, but um, so no, so what is so what is a jujitsu class? What is um, what, how does it start? Jujitsu is it? grappling. Jujitsu is an interesting okay. thing. It's like you can do it and never get hurt. You can do it forever, and you know, well, I won't say never get hurt, but it's it's designed. So that you can do this and it's all tapping out. Like there's no striking or hitting. or It's all uh, grappling and okay. submissions. Like you grab someone's arm and you – if you get them in the right position, they, they have move. to tap out. Or if uh, it was a bad guy, you could break their arm. Oh, wow. Okay. So, so they take it right out show, of the shoulder socket. Right, right. So they show you how to hold people. Yes. And then holds. if 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 it if the holding is not creating the desired whatever, you can say – well, Tap, I'm we're, out. we're done holding. I'm going to actually pull your arm out of its socket. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so and they teach you up to that point. Yeah, but you or... but you can actually play – you can do jujitsu all out. Like you can go full strength and practice it at 100% and never get hurt. And, never, and not hurt anybody and else. And not hurt anyone else. Well, that's great because right. everyone could just go, okay, you win this round. Yeah. And we stand back up and we do it again. Yeah. Okay. So that's jujitsu. Okay. Yeah. So it's really interesting. So yeah. there's no hitting and no striking and all that. And then, you know, then there's Muay Thai. So I did some jujitsu and some Muay Thai. What's Muay Thai? Muay Thai is, is a the same thing awful, or? deadly striking kicks, strikes, elbows. Okay. Ouch. Oh, using sort of the pointy parts of your body? Um, no, well, using elbows. Certainly elbows, you can knees. Um, okay. Yeah, using pointy parts of your body. Is, is, to, is to, a, to, to what? To disable or? Uh, to damage. Okay. Disable. So does jujitsu tell you how to get out of the holds too? Yeah. Okay. Big time. Because that's, that's, uh, I, I just realized that after a, a 30 seconds, I was like, what if someone's holding you and you don't want to be held? They they probably teach you how to unlock the the, yeah. the box as well, right? Yeah. Okay. When you watch like a jujitsu type of thing or a grappling thing, it's like watching a chess match. Like you're just seeing these guys counter each other's moves, and it's just amazing to watch like high level people do it. If you like, if if let let's say you're doing jujitsu, yeah, and you're gonna. You're going to throw down with someone who's taken three more classes than you. Yeah. You 100% lose. Doesn't matter the size of them or the size of you. It doesn't matter. It could be a 10 year old kid. If they had three more classes than you, chances are they're going to win. <laughs> right. Cause uh, they can get out and then get you in a, in a new one. Cause you don't know how to counter the thing that they know that they right? learned on the, on those extra couple days. Those extra That's amazing, right? Yeah. That is amazing. And so is it, if, if you're evenly matched, right? The same number of classes, is it then a matter of strength? Mm. Or can you use their strength against them? Is it that kind of thing? Yeah, like the weaker I guess people it's a can. Of skill. I don't know. Strength. Strength actually doesn't have like. There's like all these famous uh, things on YouTube where it's like a 120 pound guy against a 350 pound you know guy. linebacker guy. Yeah, and he he can get out. Who doesn't and then... know? The the little guy always wins. Interesting. Okay. It's yeah. really fascinating, and and that's even if the big guy can hit him. Like punching. Right. Like, it doesn't matter. They, the doesn't. jiu-jitsu guy wins. Right. Cause you're, is there, so there's holding and there's getting out of holds and is there dodging? With, um, with, or not so much. I don't know. Not well, at this time. Well, well, yes, I'm sure there's, they don't call right. it that. Cause you're and, grappled, you're entangled, you're entwined. So you're, right. there's, there's. It's re- it's very much wrestling. Yeah. There's escapes. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, it's, wrestling is a little different. I mean, this is like actual, 
you're you're dealing with appendages and you're trying to submit your opponent okay. and cause them pain so that they tap out. Right, because wrestling, I think they grab each Chokes. other's torsos. Yeah, like yeah. in wrestling, I don't think. Well, I don't know. Can you choke someone in wrestling? I mean, there used to be like some illegal chokeholds and stuff, but sure. like wrestling. Baron, Baron von Ra. I don't know. What? It's a remember the claw. Baron, what's his face? Anyway, no. it was, it's an old, it's an old wrestling guy oh, from okay. the seventies. My grandmother used to watch it. Oh, okay. I no, used, I've yeah. never watched pro wrestling. Though. Okay, I know nothing about it, and, oh. and so I'm again, I'm, I'm illiterate when it comes to sports. Right. This caught me by surprise. It certainly was a strange detour in my life to be not only someone who didn't care about sports, but I was always kind of like anti-sports. Like, ugh, who gives a shit? I hate sports. Right. It can get it can get just as judgmental as because the jocks were so judgmental when we were in school. And now you're like, well, now you aren't even a jock. You're just a guy who watches sports. And so I remember getting super judgmental about it. And, I'm, and yeah. but I've had sports people on the show who are not, they're not, they're just people who like to watch sports. And it's always interesting to me when someone's dorkdom is sports. Cause I'm like, tell me why. <laughs> right. And right. you find out that there's, there's two main reasons as far as I can tell it would like, if it's football, baseball, basketball, soccer, okay. uh, hockey, rugby, whatever it is, right. Yeah. Swimming. It's, it's twofold as far as I can tell. And I'm sure there's more to it, but the two things that I've noticed is people like not knowing who's going to win a thing. Like it's a real contest yes. of who the hell's going to win. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know. And the second thing is they like to see people who are really good at a thing. Like they're they're gifted. Like right. a football player. Someone really talented. Right. Like if you played catch with a professional baseball player, it's a different game than playing catch with your with your brother. Yeah. Right. I mean, then you you're just throwing the ball around, but they're. They would have to bring the game down so low to play catch with a real like shortstop or right. something where you're like, this is amazing. Like they would be 300 yards away and they would still hit your glove and you're like, I can't even yeah. uh, get it to you back. Yeah. Uh, hopefully you have a bag of balls. Yeah. And so, but it, but I think those were the two things that I noticed why people did enjoy sports. That makes sports perfect with. sense. Now those two things that you said. Yeah. Uh, you don't know who's going to win. Yeah. And you like seeing someone's talent and skills. Right. That's set list. That is set list. That is what, that is why I, I'm so passionate about set. Like I love set list watching people have, cause your opponent, it is like a jujitsu match in a way, right? Your opponent is the screen behind you with that topic. Right. That's, it's both your, it's both the antagonist and it can also be your friend. Like, yeah. You, and, and so, cause it's, and it's all, the only tool you have is that damn list. Yeah. I mean, or that's the only thing it, you have to go off. You have your tools that you right. develop. You have your own tool bag of, yeah, tool is a, is a, is a, yeah. is not a great word, but the, yeah, it's I the mean, only it, thing you have to work with. Right. Like it's, it's the thing you've been handed once you walk in the room. Yeah. Right. And it's, it's, you can use everything that, you, that you've built up around it, but it's not, it, yeah. So it, it can either help you or hinder you. Like I, like if it's, Sometimes the words are just nonsensical words. It's a, the set list, of course, for people who don't know, it's, uh, uh, essentially topics or just words that you turn into bits and yeah. you have to, the, the conceit is that supposedly these, you're not supposed to act like you've never seen it before. Right. You're supposed to act like this is, this is your set list. You wrote it and then all of a sudden, you, all you have to do is remember why you would have written down yes. uh, babysitting, you know, Nazis or whatever. And you're like, <laughs> right. why? Why is that a thing? <laughs> right. And you're like, interesting. Yeah, it's improvised stand-up based on topics you get in the moment. So the comic has no idea what that is. 
But here's the thing is like it brings out your skills. Like we don't – as comics, we don't know our skills. Like we don't know sometimes all the tools that we have available in our toolbox. We don't know our own Swiss Army knife because we are just – we're not getting – we're just getting feedback in terms of like applause or silence, applause or silence. Right. But like when you're confronted with these weird challenges of like, what the hell is that? And you right. have to act like that's normal. You start, you start digging deeper and finding all these things you have you didn't know you had. Right. You know, and I, I think that's probably what, what comes out if you're ever in a real actual fight. That's why people after set lists say, Hey, I'm shaking. I have adrenaline. Like right. it feels like you just got in a fight. Right. You, it is. You, there's a buzz to it for sure. You're totally buzzed. Some people say, uh, before the show, like, especially like first time they're like, I want to leave. I, th- I think I want to go. I don't want to do this. Like you get so a little nauseous. It's yeah. It's like, yeah. it's like a, it's triggered your fight or flight. So you learn when you're in a situation where that's triggered, you're about to learn something. Yeah. That's a fact. Yeah. Whatever happens, you're going to learn something. Right. Whether you put yourself in that situation or if, or if circumstances did, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Here's my next question. Yes. Muay Thai. Oh yeah. Muay Thai. Did you take Muay Thai classes? I just, I did some Muay Thai. Yeah. And and I, I didn't like, uh, it was, it's a lot more hitting. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, um, one of the, one of the things I remember is I was, I was like, it was like sparring where you, you don't hit anybody hard. You just kind of like, but you can, Make contact with boxing gloves on. Okay. And, uh, this guy was like kind of a, I, I think he had done real fights and stuff. He was obviously very, very, like, he was a badass and he was bigger than me. Right. And I'm new in class and he's telling me, he's, keep your guard up, keep your guard up. And I have gloves. Yeah. And, and that means you hold your gloves up in front of your face. Yeah. While, while you're boxing. Cause that way you're protected a little bit if there's a right. punch coming in. But, I, I couldn't remember that, right? Here's a, this is the downside of ADD. Like, I'm punching and then I forget, like, put your hands back up. Right. Well, I don't think that's even ADD. I think that's a learned skill. Yeah, it's I mean, a learned it's skill. Just, you, where you're just like, you're trying to make your feet work right. You're trying to also see if there's an opening to hit him. Yeah. I mean, so there's the not, did you see the bells of St. Mary's? I did. Well, and uh, the nun teaches the little boy how to box. Anyway, so. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, well, look, I found the cure for ADD. It's what is it? getting hit in the face. <laughs> it oh turns, yeah, that 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 that'll sharpen your focus. I feel like it sharpened my focus incredibly. Like after that, it was so easy for I didn't even have to think about it and I kept my guard up. Like I kept the gloves in front of my face after that and I still do even uh just walking around at home. Right, right, you're constantly <laughs> like don't hit me, don't hit me, don't hit me. <laughs> but you know what though? It was really a fascinating. Like I just learned so much. I learned about life from doing this stuff, you know. And and not like and I did that for a short time and then I went to kickboxing. So I still do kickboxing. Okay, so is, you went uh, from jiu-jitsu to muay thai to kickboxing. Yeah, which and, is not as much. Like that's that's just a very that's one tiny tool for for MMA. And it's not like I'm going to be doing any actual fights or anything. I'm just doing this for my own enjoyment, my conditioning. I, right. I, I find I love it because I learn something about myself every time I do it. What do you learn about yourself? You push yourself if you push yourself beyond. Like sometimes I'm pushing myself uh, to a point where I think I'm going to throw up or I'm going to pass out. And I always go like – I wonder if I'm going to have a heart attack and die right now. Like there's that. Wow. But it's like, you, I'm not going to. Like I don't know. I, I, guess I can call my parents and ask about their medical history. It's, right. it's not going to happen. 
so, but, but it's like that. It's like that resistance, you know? Yeah. I learned to overcome it. And then I'm, you know, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm committed to, so I'm going to, I'm going to stay in this class. I'm not going to leave class early or whatever. Right. Like, it I'm sort of do builds it. character kind of thing. Yeah. To some and extent. then, you know, and then there's, there's, uh, there's some like, uh, girl next to me who's, uh, who's new and she's just done yoga and she's kicking my ass, you know? And right. So, uh, it's like, well, she just started, uh, so I have to set an example if I, you know, like, it, <laughs> okay. It's, it's like, I, I feel like I want to put myself under pressure. So okay. that's why I stay and I learn stuff. Right. And now kickboxing, is it exactly what it sounds like? Are you yeah, kicking things kicking. and punching things? Yeah. It's kick, kicking, punching things. Can I you, mean, can you kick high now? I can kick pretty high. Can you yeah. kick up to your, t- t- to your head? Yeah. Okay. Oh, I can easily do a head strike. No problem. Okay. It's just the, the, um, it's the speed of that. That's that's like how much are you training? Because okay. anyone can avoid a head kick. You put right. your hand up, and, but <laughs> right. if it's slow enough, if it's slow anybody, enough, yes. anybody can get the hell out yeah, of the way. Yeah, of that. Okay. but if somebody's training and they're like doing a lot of leg kicks, yeah, that can come up pretty fast. Catch, catch you know, catch you by surprise. Yeah, absolutely. And then the punching. Do you work like the bag or the yeah, speed I do the ball? bag. Yeah, do, do the heavy bag. The heavy bag. Yeah. And then and is it there... sounds like I'm a real crazy athlete right now. It's not like I'm doing this all day. Um, no. this is just a couple times a week. Right. So I, for the shortest amount of time in the world, I had a personal trainer and he had me punching into a thing. He was actually, uh, he wasn't great. He pushed me uh, har- harder than I, I mean, he probably thought much. that it was going to build character, but it actually fucked up my hip. Uh, and, uh, so not great, but, um, but I know what he was trying to do. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, so, but no, it was that, too bad because he was a, and it was at Bally's. You know that they're, yes. out, they're out of business now. Yeah, they are. For a reason because right. that guy wasn't very well right. trained. Right. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, cause he should have known better than, yeah. than what he was doing. But, that's a, that's a real problem. Yeah. So I did. Don't. So I, but I was excited to hit the heavy bag and I was excited to hit that, the, the speed bag that hangs it's from the stress seat. relief. Yeah. And well, and, and to sort of get the rhythm on the speed bag was kind of cool. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I still was, can't do that by the way. That's no. incredibly hard. Yeah, you, that, you were able to do that? No, no. No, oh. I was not able to do that, but I but it was really fun trying. Yeah. It was like oh, it's I, so, it's I like so to hard. try new things and not I don't have to be good at them. I'm yeah. just like Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm all right. I I can try like I tried to windsurf a couple uh, one time. It's really hard it turns out. It's a learned skill. Uh much like improv. Yeah. Uh, much like absolutely every yeah. damn thing in the yeah. world. But I did have a, I had a hell of a good time falling over for about three hours. Yeah. It was really fun. There's a great book called The Dip by one of my all-time heroes. His name is Seth Godin. Okay. Uh, this the guy dip. is, is, I, he's, he's my favorite author in terms of like for, for somebody who's like an entrepreneur, somebody trying to achieve goals. And this guy. Is it sort of like encouragement lit? Well, not, or? not as much encouragement. I made that uh, up, by the way. I don't uh, know that that's Wait, a term. what did you call it? Encouragement lit. <laughs> encouragement lit. What is that a com- combination of? It's sort of like uh, self help, but uh, but like, lit. but like uh, you know, <laughs> you can do it, kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, so it's it's a little less of that, of that, and a little bit more of you know, you you know, it it's about taking action, not just like, hey, I have some good ideas. Okay, well, okay, did you ship them? Did you, how many, uh, you thought of a cool idea for a product. How many of them did you sell this week? Or produce or anything? Did you do anything? Yeah. Or did you just sit there? How many new jokes did you write this month? How many new, you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Like actually, you don't, you, you have to measure art by shipping, not just by, I thought of something. Well, 
it's, and that includes shipping always, is delivering a joke on stage. That's right, right. Yeah, that's uh, so he calls it shipping because it's. I mean, whenever anyone says, you know, I have a great idea for for a, a movie or a play or a joke or a thing, you're like, did you write it down? Is the first step to you know, I have a great idea for for a novel. Have I written it? I right. have not. Right. The, then I don't have a great idea for a novel. There's I a, have. There's a video called "Quieting the Lizard Brain." And you can go – if you Google it or it's, – it's actually on Vimeo. It's not on YouTube. And it's him talking about – it's kind of like a 10-minute video. Same guy, It's kind of like Goddard. a TED Talk. Okay. Yeah, Seth Godin. Yeah. Go- it's, 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 uh, it's kind of like a TED Talk. And, and he's talking about the Wachowski brothers who made The Matrix. Okay. And how they said – like they, when they moved to L.A., they were like – they figured out that it's really easy to think of a great, like amazing idea for a movie. It's really easy to do that. You know what's really hard? To actually make the movie. Yeah. That's yeah. the hard part. Do you, how many people do we know that have fantastic ideas for movies? Sure. But then and even those less. are a dime a dozen. Right. And and a movie, you're going to need a couple hundred people to help you, or at least three. Yeah. And uh, or, or no. Yeah. Yeah. You need I people mean, to help you. You don't necessarily need – like you can find ways to make that you, happen even if you don't have the funding. There's all kinds of things you can do. Right. Like, there's orchestrating of stuff that, you, that that can happen to make it at least at some level. I mean you think about the South Park guys who animated yeah. that thing and then for some reason – I mean and part of it, of course, is that George Clooney saw it and then he passed it around uh, at Christmas and then you know, somebody said, oh, George Clooney's cool. I do find this funny. How do we hand these two guys a giant bag of money? Yeah. But they so, kept making stuff. If it wasn't George Clooney, it would have been someone else because they were going to keep making stuff until it got out there. And they would have been perfectly, in my opinion, I'm perfectly happy just continuing to make stuff. To make stuff, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, if someone eventually cares, that would be awesome. Uh, but until that happens, I will continue to make stuff because that's what I do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't remember where I heard this, but someone was saying like that – the the measurement of like how successful things are like there's doing stuff for money and there's doing stuff for the love of the game and then there's a blend right the number one of those take a guess what's the what's the most effective one doing it for money doing it for the love of the game and doing it for a blend probably the blend Uh, but 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 the love of it i would say the love of it but it took me a long time to realize that I deserved to be fairly paid for stand-up comedy. And since I have decided that, I have been happier in my stand-up. I think I've been more creative. And I feel more respected and more able to try new stuff. Do they think it's the love? From uh, from this uh, thing that I can't remember where I heard it. <laughs> right. So, oh, I just uh, had I'm one sure, of those. I'm sure somebody can Google this. Uh Apparently, the blend was last. The blend was last? Yes, yeah, blend was last. First is doing it for the love of the game. Second is doing it for the money. Okay. And the blend is is probably, I'm guessing, it's because you are – Because uh, it muddies both of them or cause something? Because it, it – yeah, it affects – you start compromising and blah, blah, blah. But if you're doing it for the love of the game, you figured out that you're, you're doing your thing, that you're supposed to be doing in the world. Right. If you're doing it for the money, you figured out something that people will buy. Right. But if you're doing it for the blend, then you're kind of like on the fence. Some sort of weird fence. And you may not be making full art. Oh, interesting. You might be making something that's like people are going to buy, but it's half art, like, or something. You know what I mean? I I don't know. Yeah, the only thing. It's not scientific. No, no, not at all. And the, but the, the only thing I would say that 
Because I would love to do everything just for the art of it. But and there, my my favorite line, of course, is my dad who says, "Never say no without a number." Yeah. And oh, I'm, I firmly believe in everything you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Which I mean, the thing is, is is that sort of freed me up to say no with with a number, right. and so I get to be super creative and keep going. But if you want to pay me. 11, you know, whatever, $11 million, then I will come to your weird gig in the middle of Montana and do the weird show that you're doing. And, but of course, the caveat, of course, as my father has said, make sure you pick a number that you're, you're not going to be mad about. Right. Because eventually someone will offer you that amount of money and then you were forced to do it. Yeah. And, uh, the first time I did it, the first time I said no with a number, which, uh, (laughs) I, the number was too small. Yeah. And yeah. we sell ourselves short. Sure. <laughs> right. Constantly. So, yeah. but, so what, what does the dip mean? So the dip is the, uh, so every project has, uh, what was the thing you were talking about that you said you started doing, uh, and then it wasn't fun anymore or something like that. You were just talking about a minute ago. Oh, the boxing or the, or the no. working out. <laughs> Maybe it was, but, but that's it, a classic. I don't know. Some, it, it, okay. So here's what the dip is. It's the period of time where your project that you started, whether it, let's say it's, um, it's an activity, it's a job, it's, you're going to write a book, you're going to write a poem, you're going to do a podcast, you're going to make a movie. The dip is where it gets not fun anymore. And every single project if, has it. Has that. Okay. You, if you go to write a book, yeah. it's really exciting at first to write a book. Mm-hmm. Then you hit a wall. And you go, oh, this is dumb. This book's stupid. I don't need to do this. Book. That's the dip. That's the dip. Right. And and you have to decide: is it worth it to quit right now at this dip? It, like, you've already done all this work, right? Now, if you're right, and the, let's say you're writing a book, and you're like, oh, this book is awful. It's generally that's not true. It's right. what we tell ourselves so we can quit in the dip. But if you work through the dip. You gotta have a real sense of commitment and you gotta have accountability. You gotta have somebody who's like busting your ass to make sure you work through the dip, you get on the other side and then it sort of becomes easy again. Right. You right. Know? There's just, there, there, yeah, there, there's a point in the, in everything where, you know, Andy does game design. There's always a part where he's like, well, I'm not having fun actually doing this right now. And you're like, will you have fun after you're done with that stupid, boring task that will make it? Yeah. Probably. I, I made a movie with Eddie Pepitone. Eddie Pepitone started a movie called Runyon Just Above <clears throat> Sunset. It's Eddie, uh, it's Eddie climbing Runyon Canyon as if it's Mount Everest and it takes him six days and a Sherpa <laughs> and an expedition leader. Uh, and you know, it's a whole crew. Yeah, I saw it. Oh, you saw this. Okay. I saw it. Yeah, okay. but it's, and it is, it's probably, is it on Netflix or is uh, it just on, on YouTube? Or no, something? it's on, it's on, um, it's on Funny or Die. Okay. Yeah, it's on Funny or Die as a series, but then we made it into a film that's, um, that's on DVD. Um, so Eddie, like I, there was a point in this movie, like, first of all, Eddie is the great, if someone's going to make a film with Eddie, it's the greatest thing in the world. Every day is pure laughter. Yeah. You could just follow him around with the camera. Everything he does is perfect. Right. Hilarious. It's a treat. You, you kind of go, oh my God, I have too much stuff to use yeah. because everything he, that comes out of his mouth is unbelievable. <laughs> so that's really fun. There's no dip there. Right. You know where the dip comes in? The editing? When you sit down 
all that footage is loaded exactly. You know exactly where I'm going with this. Oh my god! And now you have like you know just hours six, and hours, sixty and... hours of footage that, which was by the way, was supposed to be just a sketch we were going to shoot in two hours. Right. It was going to be a five minute sketch. Uh, it was going to be a five minute sketch, funny or die, and then it became a whole thing. You mm-hmm. know, uh, that's probably Eddie. That's Eddie right now. He knows. Uh, and and so the editing. Why is the editing such a dip? Because one, you gotta, you can't skimp on that. You gotta pay somebody. You have to be hands on with it. You can't just like give it to somebody and then forget about it. You actually have to like work on it. So it was really stressful and it lasted for months and months. And then there were editors. You give them the money right, and right. they bail. Oh, right. Cause they're, that it, it it was too much work to some extent, uh, or they got another much. project. This or is something. too much. It's like, oh, I can't really get to it right now. It's like, well, you, but you cashed the check. Yeah, that was my whole that was my whole budget. Yep. Yeah, but I I organized everything for it's all labeled well, and uh, no, no, that's not, I was supposed to have a thing. So I went through multiple editors, and it took um it took probably ten months to get edited. I'd say it's around there. You got some important callers this happening. Is a, this, this is, is Scott. Let's answer desperate. That. Let's answer that. That sounds like a real important telemarketing call. No, they're all telemarketing solar, calls. It's solar, uh, things for your roof. Sure. Or insurance. Uh, oftentimes it's, uh, we donated once and they're going to call us forever. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's I get fine. That. I get it's, that. It's, uh, it's a classic, uh. Yeah. Anyway. So. Um, yeah, so, so back to MMA though. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, the, the, but the dip, that's the dip is yeah. when you really, so, you know, and it took, it took like sitting down and he's like, let's get this fucking thing done. And, and so we, we made it, we made it happen and it was yeah. great, but it was a severe dip. It was so hard. Yeah. You know, that's what, that's what every good project has. Right. If it's worth it, there's going to be a dip and it's going to be awful. And that's what happens too with, you know, with MMA, with, with any activity that you're into. It's like, there's a point where you go, Oh, I'm achy. I don't want to do this anymore. Right. You still do it. You, you still do it. it. You yeah. still, you still get up and you go and you learn. So you've, you've learned jujitsu and Muay Thai and a kickboxing. little, I want to say, I've learned a little bit of that. And then, right. but I know a lot more kickboxing because I've done that for a lot longer. And what about um, Kenpo? No, I don't know. Uh, What's Kenpo? What I, is it? I, I, Kenpo is like, I, you know what? I don't, I've never taken Kenpo, but I, from what I understand, Kenpo is sort of like a, um, a combination of karate with, oh God, I don't know. I'm not going to Did you ever that. take karate or? I did. I took Taekwondo when I was a kid. Okay. And um, I loved it. Is Taekwondo karate? Um, no, but it's karate-like. It's very okay. karate-like. It's a, it's a Korean karate. Right. And yeah. is karate the one, it's the, it's the one that everybody makes fun of where you, where, where yeah. you're like, everyone pretends to do it with the side of their hand. Right. 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 Well, you see, you, here's the thing. There's the what amazing, like? the yeah. amazing, exciting thing about like the fact that there's this UFC is out there, right? Is you see, hey, does karate really work? Like they say. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause if karate, if karate worked like it did in the movies, then everyone would just do karate right, against an opponent yeah. in a real fight you're seeing. But what you see is the people that know karate, if they're really amazing, then that's helpful. But karate does not make – like does not win a real fight in a real situation. Because you aren't what, spot? Chop somebody you with your hand. You you can, chop, yeah. you, it's not actually – you can't get to the nerve? <laughs> Nobody – I've never seen anybody chop. Like, yeah. Okay. You, 
you're not going to win by chopping something <laughs> and you're not going to win by chopping board. No, no, like no thug ever comes up to you with a stack of boards. Right. Like I'm going to steal your wallet unless you can break these. <laughs> right. You know, right. But if you can break them, it is kind of a cool trick. Uh, I mean, so- it might impress them. Right. Well, how is it? I don't even know how that's possible. It's clearly the the boards. You have to find the stress point, or the things have to be. No, oh, it's because you're beating br- bricks. You have to chop with the grain, and they put stuff in between the boards so that it's super easy. And then each board collapses the next board. It's it's, it's a bit not of a, a big deal. A bit of a hoax. Yeah, it's not that big okay. of a deal. So it's right. just a parlor trick. But like, you know, that kind of stuff is helpful. But what really it turns out, you can watch real people fighting. I mean, there yeah. are some rules, obviously. Are there rules in MMA? Yeah, there's big time. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you can't do awful things. To people. There are certain chokes you can't do. There's certain, like you can't touch someone's eyes and you can't, you know. Oh, right, right. It's not know. street fighting on mm, the docks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can't you win can't, it. You any can't cost. like grab their finger and break off their finger or something. Okay. You know what I mean? Like there's stuff like that. But in a real situation, if you were being assaulted, then you probably would grab someone's finger and try and break it off or something. Sure. But so what, um, when you watch an MMA match, so do you watch them now? I watch them. Yes. I watch all of them. Are they, are they in, is there a season or are they ongoing? Oh no, it's ongoing. UFC is, um, is the fastest growing sport. MMA is the fastest growing sport in the world right now. Um, and yeah, so there's pretty much every weekend or every, every other, weekend. almost every weekend. There's a, there's a big fight. There's yeah. a big fight. Yeah. I'd say at least four, yeah, four a month. Four to six a month, even. Joe Are Rogan is the commentator. Okay. Oh, that guy. Yeah. yeah that that comic guy. <laughs> yeah. Sort of. And so oh, what? I love Joe. Oh, do you love? Reg- I, I don't. Yeah. yeah I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I I just uh he he reminds me of Piscopo, but I know that that's oh, just because I don't they know both much were about kind Joe. of well because they were both kind of weedy, and now they're just like a walking around fist. Oh, because of the workout. And yeah. that doesn't, I mean, that doesn't mean anything bad about them. I just don't know them. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know what? It, it's funny. Like I'm learning how much there's such different strange world separation in comedy. Like, yeah. like I never like here's, there's the laugh factory. Have you ever done laugh factory? Uh, once two weeks ago for Steve Hofstetter oh my God. in 17 years. Oh my God. Okay. So I haven't been, I've been to the laugh factory once or twice in 13 years. I haven't been in there again in like five years, probably six years. So I was in there twice. Um, it's not, it's out of my world. I don't know that culture at all. It's like a, it's like, it's like in the middle of China for me. And the comedy store was that way too until Roast Battle came along, which is Jeffrey, uh, Jeffrey Ross works with like Brian Moses. They, they do like, uh, newer comics do roasts and then they learn how to be writers. Uh, and that show is exciting and it's amazing. And, that really got me kind of going there. And then I realized like, oh, there's a whole interesting world there. And, and where then, do you park at the comedy store? Uh, you have to park on sunset, uh, late at night, hoping to get, uh, some, uh, metered parking. Otherwise yeah. it's $15. Uh, yeah. Laugh factory and comedy store for me. The, I don't do them because there's nowhere to park. Yeah. Uh, and I've, I've, I go 20 late years at night. Ago. Well, and because it was Mitzi when I moved here. Oh. And it was a, it was a yeah. road hoe and it was a bunch of bullet heads. 
Yeah, it was just, yeah. Holy shit, who the fuck keeps calling? I can see why people might get mad eventually uh, when that calls. It's funny if it happens once. I mean, but when it happens I, four times, fuck yeah. this. I mean, this Bullshit. could be like a radio show. You take calls. I mean, I sure. don't think it's a bad idea. Telephone, do you guys? Yeah. And it's the vets, uh, the vets and the food bank. And um, everybody we've ever donated to, and right. of course Solar City, whatever's happening. Yeah. So anyway, but um, so uh, yeah, who so, do you watch on MMA? Um, you mean fighters? I watch. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, so you must know of Ronda Rousey, right? Because she's. Uh, I only know of really Ronda popular. Rousey because Kevin Sesha did an episode of The Dork Forest, and he mentioned Ronda Rousey. Oh, okay. And so I looked her up, and now she's lost her first. Well, fight. she just lost her first fight, and yeah. uh, people lost their minds. And I was like, well, "Did people you did. expect her to win every oh, single yeah, yeah. fight a- until absolute, she died?" Every yes, the answer is yes. From the grave, every, she was going to pull somebody's yes. leg down with her. Well, she was going to retire, but yes. But she, there's, there's no, there's no way anybody could win uh, forever, right? No, she could I, win. Is, is anybody, is, she is a forever winner person. Did, At least any, we all thought this. Right, right. Has anyone ever ne- uh, retired undefeated? Um, Offhand. And I, think I, I mean, there's this. no reason for you to let know. Let me think about this. No, I would. I think I would know this. Okay. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. Because there's there's so many variables in mixed martial arts. It's That's why the mixed is there. Like, the, you Are, don't... Is it mixed between men and women, too? Like no, women? God, no. God, <laughs> no. I don't know. I don't no, know. It's, all, it's all weight classes. So Ronda Rousey fights at uh, 135 pounds. So she fights She's fighting another woman at 135 pounds. pounds. Okay. They weigh in the day before, and then they rehydrate their bodies. And, okay. And get normal again. So... Um, so she is an expert in judo. She had a bronze medal in the Olympics. Yep. A lot of the people, by the way, UFC, they're very well educated. A lot of them have medals from the Olympics. Some of them have gold medals. Oh, like interesting. They're, they're, they're really they're... high level athletes. Okay. And so, a lot of them are Olympic athletes. Yeah. A lot of them are, are, they, are they former mostly Olympic Americans athletes. Or are they uh, all from countries? all over the world? That's one of the things I love about it is because none of the stuff matters that People make people get weird about like there's no division in like language doesn't affect the language you speak does not affect how you fight for it is the language of the mat. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's the language. You're going to hear two words. You hitting me hitting you. You, you hitting, hitting the, the floor. <laughs> yeah. No, there's no language, race, religion, culture, country. None. Zero of those things matter. Okay, and there, it's there's not like, like a, yeah, and it's not like wrestling where there's a parade and there's a there, there's a there's a oh you mean pro story. wrestling? Yeah, pro wrestling no. has a story and stuff, oh, right? Well, so MMA no. doesn't have a story with, uh, with the people. I mean, Ronda well, Rousey well, has a has has a mythology. They have a real. Her. They have real story. Like I really get into their lives just because. Again, from what I went through with my back, that was the, definitely the hardest time of my life. Like it was. Awful. I mean, the like, just psychologically, what that does, like, to to just be a human who can't move or do anything. Yeah. And you start. I, I started feeling like, like I'm worthless. I can't do anything. Um. It, it's it's just a terrible feeling. And then right. when I started walking again, I had to have a cane, and yeah. I had to have like, I'd have people like, I'd have to ask strangers to help me up the stairs and stuff. And if you've ever had to do that, it humbles you to. A, an extreme level. Like if you've ever had to say to a stranger, um, can you take this backpack, uh, this little like rolling backpack and take it up to the top of stairs for me and then I'll just get it. And like hundred percent of people happy to do that. Yeah. And, but it's still humbling. I know that if someone oh, asked me super. to do that, I would be happy to do it, but happy it's like, to do it. I, I have a lot of friends who are single parents and they're like, 
I cannot get my kid's stroller up and down the sub, like in New York. You know, I cannot get my, the stroller up and down in New York. Right. I need a stranger to help me do this. And it's, it's women who are raising their kids. You know, they may not be single parents. They may just be primary caregivers, right? Like their husband or boyfriend or something sends them money and they take them for Wednesday nights or every other weekend or some fucking thing. So yeah. they're not, they're not single parent. Yeah. But it's, it's primary caregivers. So five days a week, they're wrestling a child up and down a subway right. system. Well, for them, I think the and solution. It's super humiliating. Right. But yeah. I think for them, the, the situation is way easier because they could just not have kids. Oh, interesting. Interesting. <laughs> no, I'm or they, they could can just, have kids. They can <laughs> it's have kids. A, yeah, yeah. No, but I think it is a humbling. It's humbling yeah. to have to ask oh anybody my God. anything. Right. So it's you so love the humbling. stories behind the fighters? I love this. I, well, I just like hearing about their lives. Like, how'd they do? Because think about it. The adversity that gets you into a situation like that is not unlike the adversity that drives us to get into comedy. Like what name, like name who? a comic name. Well, name a comic that didn't have some level of either getting picked on or humiliated in school or being John Mulaney. Wait, was John Mulaney uh, super popular and amazing? He, was, uh, uh, he seems so Victorian uh, homecoming king kind of person. I think so. Okay. All okay. right. No, so I then don't know. You, you successfully, by the way, just named somebody <laughs> when I said it Offhand, as if you'd never be able of, to do so. I think he's one of the guys. I think he is. I think he was good. I think he was loved uh, as a child. Hold on. I'm not entirely. He does talk about weird stuff with his parents, and his parents were weird. I don't the know. The thing is, is like Everyone's. even if you're raised in the Rockefellers, and 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 you're raised with this sense of noblesse oblige. I mean, the human experience. It doesn't matter if you're the whitest guy in the world who had a silver spoon jammed jammed up Good his point. ass. You probably have some sort of sad sack version of yourself inside internally. Sure, that you have to fight through yeah, to get to totally. So, but who's doing that in the MMA? Wait, who's dealing with adversity? You mean? Or, yeah, yeah, like, oh, do you okay, have a so, good story? Do you have a good story? Okay, I'll give you a couple a, examples about, about a fighter. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you. Okay, so Ronda Rousey is is more commonly known out there. Um, she um, not only did she suffer from bulimia, she dealt with bulimia for a, a good portion of her life. She also um, had her her father took her her and her sister skiing when they were kids, and they went or they went sledding. They went on a sled, and I guess he like snagged a tree and he got hurt and he ended up being paralyzed and then having some complications. And about a year later, he didn't want to be a burden on his family anymore. And he killed himself, locked himself in the garage, right. turned, the, turned the car on carbon monoxide himself to death. Wow. I think and she's a small child. Inheritance. Yeah. yeah. Well, think about how that affects that child, right? Yeah. Yeah. But because not only did your father just leave, yeah. but he left because he didn't want to complicate your life and he wanted you to be able to do what you did and he felt like he was holding it, holding you back because he was now completely right. like disabled, which is the situation that I was in. Like I felt that way for four months. He went through it for maybe it was a year or two. I don't remember how long. Right. But it was really bad, you know? Yeah, so he, so he got that, super depressed and killed himself. Hey, if anyone's thinking of doing that, uh, it gets better. It feel gets free better. not to. It feel gets, free not to kill yeah, yourself. Feel free not to. It's not gonna, it's never gonna solve it. I right. swear to God, everyone it's will the, be it's even the one, sadder that you killed yourself. Uh, yeah, it's the one mistake you don't get to learn from, and it's also the one mistake that makes, uh, everyone that knows you, uh, very miserable and sad. And See? angry. And, 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 and angry. And just don't, yeah. yeah. There's no reason, that's not the answer. Yeah. It's harder. I've, I've had, yeah. I know I've, sometimes it feels harder to live than to kill yourself. Yeah. But it gets better. Mm. I swear to God. We all, yeah. I think we all know that. Yeah. Anyway. And, and, and so 
that's so, but that's she was one a example. small child. Yeah, she was, you know, she was, I don't know, maybe she was nine, 10, maybe, maybe, or, maybe yeah. something like that, eight, eight or nine, I forget. But, you know, that, um, that affects a person. And there's a, there's a fighter named Nick Diaz. He was a troublemaker and his, um, he had, I, I guess he had, his grandfather had custody of him. His grandfather was like a track coach. Okay. And so this kid would get in trouble and he'd have to leave his school and then sit by his grandfather while his grandfather ran track practice. So he just made this kid, this wild kid, he made him run laps all day because this kid had energy and he was a troublemaker. Okay. He made him run laps forever. <laughs> he ran laps all day. Like all day. And then it's he like, would do it defiantly. Hey, I want you to run 100 laps. The kid would run 200 just to say, fuck you. Right, right. Turns out that's good for your cardio. Yeah, yeah. That turns out uh, you're. it's the Tiger Woods, you're going to shoot the ball. I mean, yes. it's 10,000 hours of whatever. So this know? guy's DNA, if you look at it in a microscope, it spells defiance. Right. And so this is what he does for training. Like every couple of weeks he, uh, or I don't know if it's every couple, he swims to Alcatraz and back. Like he just really? does that. He does ha- he does marathons on the weekends. That's just a. That's not even his training. That's just like eh, for fun. That's, right. The guy's a, a cardio monster, so he can go forever. Like that's one of his special skills, Nick right? D- that that Nick that's Diaz. when you fight Nick Diaz. Yeah. That guy, he's not going to get winded. And yeah, you know, he will <laughs> never get winded. You can fight him for seven hours straight, and he still just looks like it's the first round. <laughs> right. But that's amazing to me. Like that that guy, like just his whole life, his it, all of it comes from defiance. And when you see him, he's a guy that people don't like because he's kind of a jerk, right? But it's just if he wasn't that guy, that's the jerk. He wouldn't be the jerk that said, fuck you, grandpa, I'm going to run 200. Yeah. Like, that's what made him who he is. And that kind of says to me, like, all of us as human beings, we can accept people's individuality a lot easier yeah. when we realize that the thing that we hate about that, yeah. about them, is also the thing that made them the good things that we like. Oh, yeah. I mean, whenever, yeah, when, whenever you have to find a reason to love somebody, you have to go back and find the reason they turned into the, the, the bad part that you don't like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a, it, it's, it is some effort. Uh, and, and it has to be worth it to you, you know, like I do it with my family, you know, it's, uh, I'm like, okay, well, you're kind of a jackass. Uh, but what created that and what makes, what, what part of you do I love? Yeah. Because we are going to be continue to be related and, uh, I'm going to have to talk to you. That's what so, it's about. Yeah. You know, so, and that's a, that's like an interpersonal dip, right? Like you have to work <laughs> through that and you have to find that thing about that person. Yeah. And, and I think it's interesting with, with like famous people, like you're like, well, I don't like, I don't like her. You know, she did a bad thing or, you know, I mean, there's, there's some things that people have done that you don't have to like, thank God I'm not related to Cosby. You know, I don't have to find a way to love Bill well, Cosby. Well, we're all sort of related to Cosby. I, I, uh, I will, I'm willing to reject that. I'm willing to reject being related to Bill <laughs> that Cosby. That may not be factually true. Even when I saw him do stand up, I was just like, oh good, it's just stand up. <laughs> you know, cause he was, uh, he's a really great stand up. Yes. But it's just stand up. It, it isn't, I don't know what I thought it was going to be like the fucking holy grail. Like it, it, he was going to have like a halo and he was going to come down like, like he was actually in, uh, I can't think of a heavy metal yeah, band, yeah. like metallic, like, you know, like sister act, sister act, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> sister. I don't know what the fuck. There was like a twisted sister. I think I'm thinking of twisted sister. Twisted Remember twisted sister? Of course I know twisted sister. You, I like we're to not going to take it anymore. from 1986. I enjoyed that reference. I enjoyed, I rocked did out quite en- a few times at twisted sister. Do you, yeah. Did you enjoy the 45 seconds it took me to make that reference? <laughs> kind of. Sure. I think you we did have did. to go into the archives for that. <laughs> I, you know, 
I don't remember. We talked about this before. I, I used to be really into the rock music. Right? Oh, into the rock we, and roll? Did we, we talk about that? Yeah. Oh. But, so I, Maybe I, I think I, on the last time I, you were last time I was, I, I, I did this like three years ago. Right. And oh, I was just way. a quick reference to yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, I, I am with the, you, everybody should know about, uh, at Troy Conrad, by the way, and at Troy Conrad's on, on Instagram. Instagram. That's where I put a lot of my photography because I do a lot of fun stuff. And, uh, and, and of course, time. Humans of Comedy is the new website, which has a bunch of pictures of humans who uh, are involved in comedy. Involved some way in the yeah, comedy. A lot of stuff then, from the Comedy Store hallway. I'm doing these pictures in different scenarios with fisheye, different types of lenses, and uh, it's a lot of fun, a little you, cool stuff. You know the great guy who takes pictures whose name I'm spacing because that's where I'm at in my life? Dandion Mike Carano. Uh, I think it's Mike over at uh, the Improv. The Improv, Mike. Yeah, and um, he actually came up to me the last time, and I completely appreciate this, as he said, you know, I've been taking pictures of you on stage at the Improv for years, and I can't get a good one. Uh, and I was like... It's mostly because when I'm on stage, you I and poops are hard to shoot. Oh, really? Yep. Because well, I can't. I never close my damn mouth. You are one of those is. people. I have so many pictures of you, and if mm-hmm. I click like thirty in a row, I'm lucky to have one where yeah, like, it's, well, it's like your, your mouth is moving, or there's something. There's uh, a weird angle yeah. on my face. Yeah. And he's like, I would love to get a great picture of you, and I was like. Uh, I will try to write a slower joke. You're uh, probably second to proofs in terms of difficulty to shoot. Yeah, I think that, and, and he's settled clearly because there are some great pictures, and I like some of the pictures that he's got of proofs over at the. Uh, uh, oh yeah, great he's at yeah. the improv. They're very. Um, he, he's a beautiful photographer. He's, he's oh my god, he's jobs. amazing. Yeah, I yeah. love. Look, me and him nerd out on cameras like crazy. Every time I see him, we talk about like, oh, what's the newest camera? Oh yeah, did you hear about this? It's got the bigger sensor and this uh, 1.8 lens. It's a crazy. Well, this like, hasn't got happened crazy. in a while, Troy Conrad. What? Minute fifty three when uh, when I serious? find out that. Uh, we could have been talking about cameras the whole time. Well, you we could have been talking about cameras, but I, you know what? We'll have to come back. I thought about that, sure, but I, I don't know. You know what? I don't know. Photography for me is a weird thing to talk about because it's such a visual medium. I mean, I'm super into it, but like, what more do you need to know? Like, I do, I do get, I freak out in excitement over cameras because I, again, it's another thing. How that many do you own? The comedy. Um, I have a couple? still, no, I have, I have three still cameras. Okay. That are, are like quality, they yeah, quality digital film. No, I don't do okay. anything with film. Um, Did you get into it post film? Yeah, I got in. I, yeah. I, only reason I got into it was because when uh, when I moved out here, um, I was I started to tape some shows and I got a camera. But yeah. th- at that time, this I moved out here what 13, 14 years ago. No one, not everyone, had a camera. I say no. No one had a camera in Los Angeles, but not everybody had a camera. There was a guy named Video Mike when I first moved out here, and he had a VHS camera, and he would record your set for you for twenty-two dollars. Yes, okay, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> so I started to record shows, and then people asked me, "Hey, will you record my show?" And I started. So I accidentally got into all that, and then right. and then when set list started, I needed still can- still pictures, uh, so I got a nice camera, and then I went, "Oh my God, they do that! Like that's like, what they do." It was like a whole new level. Oh my god. Yeah, when you have, when you my have. My iPhone 4 has a really shitty camera on Well, it. <laughs> but you know what? Phone cameras are, do have, they're amazing in the daytime. But, yeah. uh, try and take a nice picture in low light with depth of field where the background's all blurry and you see like, like glimmers of lights and you can't tell what's in the background. That only is attained through a good camera with a really good lens and a good photographer that knows what to do. So a good camera is, is what? The, the number of pixels? No, no, that actually what? has no bearing, really. What makes a good, a good camera? A good ca- well, number one is a good photographer. Okay, but what makes a good camera 
Oh well, if I was going to boil it down to one thing, I would say a, 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 lar- a large sensor for m- stuff I do. A large sensor, which lets in lots of light. It's kind of like um, a, a way to. Um, it it allows me to take pictures in very low light without a flash. I don't do flash. Okay. I hate the flash. You hate the flash. You're yes. just going to use the existing light. Yeah, but I'll take a picture so a of you sensor. with a in a dark room with just a candle lighting the room, yeah. and it'll look amazing. Okay, because of the sensor. Because of the sensor. And of course, uh, you know, you can, uh, well, I'm a lens freak too. So like, yeah, a, a big sensor, but also if you have a really good lens that, ha- that opens really wide and gets all that light in, like when, when our eyes open really wide, when yeah. we're in the dark, that's the exact same thing. So yeah, I'd say sensor and lens. So does a normal lens not open up all the way or something? Or no, is, no. It, is it a lot it, of- It's just cheap. Like it doesn't open it. You can get an inexpensive lens, but if you take a picture in the dark, you're going to yeah. have to hold the shutter open for like two minutes to get that. Like you're just oh, not going to be, it's going to be, blur- it's gonna it be blurry. It's like your f-stop. Yeah. Sure. It's just going to be blurry. So you want to, you, um, you want a lens that has a really big hole in it. And that's just, that doesn't mean they just cut it. It means that it lets in a lot of light. It's really good glass. Like okay. Really wide aperture. It makes everything like if I take a picture of you with like a 1.4 lens, you're from from the distance we're at, which is about two and a half feet. Okay. Your nose would be in focus, but your eyes would not be. Oh, weird. With a one point. If I if I yeah if I I could adjust it that way, right? Right. If it's on one point four. So uh, so like it's fascinating to see a subject that's right there, mm-hmm. and then everything around it is blurry. Things in front of it and things in back of it are completely blurry. You just see that thing. How do you get both my eyes and my nose? Uh, with a bigger, well, I would like just, a, a I could, one point? No, 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 I could, I should get a little further away. Uh, like, <laughs> I get a little further away, or I could change it to, I can adjust that to 1.8 or 2.8 or 4 or. Okay. I can adjust that aperture. Okay. Yeah. yeah. See, I don't know. That's enough. the F, that's the F stop, yeah. <laughs> okay, is that the F stop? Yeah. Uh, I, I think I was into cameras for about a heartbeat in college. Oh, okay. And, um. It's an exciting world. It's an exciting world, and, uh, and taking good pictures is amazing. I mean, to see good photographs is, is something that's super fun. I, I think of it too with comedy. Like, all, uh, every comic has a lens. Some people have, like, a really wide zoom lens, and some people have, like, this microscopic lens that does just focus on the, tip of the nose and that's where that's what the person is talking about you know like um a, a good example um like, like more specific kind of comedy versus a broader right 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 thing? absolutely okay. yeah like okay. people that see the world through a big picture or see it through a very small small lens like there's definitely um variables in comedy that way you know um yeah, yeah. i mean it's I, I don't know and it can all be done very very well of course it doesn't matter how you see the world if you can make it funny through that tiny, tiny lens, I like a broader brush yes. myself. I, I like, like a, a macro. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, some of my favorite comics can, can see the big picture and then make it super specific. I mean, I think that Marin does that too a lot. Yeah. Like he oh takes gosh. that big picture and then he's, and he zooms in on it. Right. Thing. You're looking at the whole world with Marin, but you're focused on the scarf that he's wearing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And yeah. And totally. It's, and it's yes. the, and it's the juxtaposition that makes the, the comedy so resonant. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's very, it's important to me to be able to relate as broadly as possible to as many people in the audience. But yeah. the, 
but I still want to talk about the very specific thing that I want to talk about first. Yeah, you get into like really cool details of things and then you dive into them. Right. It's really fun to see that. So like you're, you do that same thing where you have, you set it up with the big wide shot. It's almost like you're making a film. Like you set it up with that establishing opening right. shot. And now we cut to inside. Right. And now I would like you to look inside my left pocket. Right. Which is where I'm keeping this toothpaste. Exactly. I don't know why. But it's like, it would be more fun. It's more fun to me if the more people, like if there's a guy sitting in the audience with his arms crossed and I, I can tell, I can almost at this juncture tell that he's thinking, why have I just spent $7 on a beer? I have a six pack at home. <laughs> right. uh, if I can make that guy sort of uncurl, and I know that's not great because the thing about stand-up is we all see that guy when 219 other people are having a perfectly good time, but that guy isn't, and I want to affect that guy, that isn't necessarily the most productive use of my time. Right. But so be it, you know? I mean, you do what you can. Yeah. Whatever. No. Yeah, but no, that's an interesting thing. Like you tar- you're targeting one person in that way. Yeah. Right. That's, yeah. That's it's, fascinating. It's a classic stand-up, you know, where you're just like, why is that lady so fucking angry? Why do mm. I have to think about her for the next 40 minutes when I can in- enjoy the fact that 1,200 other people are having a great time? You know what I've been talking – I've been talking – there's so many comics now that like – you see like newer comics where they just automatically have to attack. And I've, I've seen people who do this uh, who've been doing comedy a while. Where, you know, nowadays you deal with stuff as a comic. People are going to be texting or whatever. I try not to let that stuff set me off. Right. Well, yeah, I, I try to, you know what I try to think of it as? An indictment against my own cell phone use. You know, what do because, you mean? because I use, I'm, I'm on the cell phone more. Yeah. I, my oh, head yeah. is face down on a mobile device as much as anybody's and I get it. And I will shut, like I did a set at the ice house about two weeks ago and I got on stage and there was a guy in the front row talking on his phone. Yeah. After I'd been introduced. So the MC introduced me and he, the MC should have probably said, Hey, don't, don't take that call. Uh, <laughs> but I had to say, you know, you got to hang up. And, right. uh, and so he hung up and then the car, the phone was sitting there. And so I do a couple of jokes and I look over at him and he's texting. Yeah. Front row. At least I don't do it front row. Sit in the back, play bejeweled, do whatever yeah, you need to yeah, do. Look yeah. up and occasionally <laughs> right. go, oh, that's a good joke. And, uh, which is what I do because I see so much stand up. But so he front row, he started texting and I said, then it turns into an eighth grade situation where I'm like, you got to give me your phone. And then he gives me his phone and then I put it on an empty table, three tables away from him. And I'm like, you can pick it up after the show. But now I had to use. We only got a ten minute set. Uh yeah. and use precious minutes. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Where I don't get to tell my jokes. And that's not usually you can't put that it's in a special. Super, yeah. Like no, not that, that we just had we do a set list in Santa Barbara every month and the last show we had there, uh three weeks ago, we had um a guy with Down syndrome in the front row on right. an iPad. By the way, it would be terrible if a comic went up and not knowing that started ripping on this guy. Right. But one like I saw him before the show started. He's on his iPod and that's what he does. Yeah. It never even occurred to me that that would be distracting. So why would it be why – does, why does a comic have to attack somebody if they're texting? I know it's annoying. It's terrible. You want people to pay attention. But like at some point, you have to be able to get 
you have to be able to like compose yourself and not let stuff like that throw you. Like you have to be able to dodge that and stay focused. And it seems so distracting for comics now. Well, like, it's like trying to tell jokes while a toddler's jumping on a bed next uh, to you. Yeah, it's almost, that's, that's it's, true. There should be a show where that happens. Right. You can do it. You would do it. It's, I will say this is that, um, <laughs> The, cause you do prompter. Yeah, I mean, you have, yes, I, that is something. Uh, amounts of free time. <laughs> I make and, obstacle courses, and so yeah. Right, so you do make obstacle that, courses literally. in stand-up comedy, which I think is, yeah. is why you're more sympathetic to, cause I am not. I am not, so, I'm like, whoever came with that guy should have known better. There was, oh yeah, I'm all for throwing people out, stuff like that. Oh, and I, I opened for Dana Gould probably eight years ago. I was featuring for him at my home club at Acme, and the, Manager came back like twice during the weekend. And at one point the manager came back because they had Acme had sort of accidentally publicized him as a writer for the Simpsons. So somebody brought their kid once and they're like, no, no, this is an adult sport. Dana Gould, Dana Gould and adult and adult topics. And then the next night there was, uh, the manager came back and said, there's someone who's mentally retarded in the audience. Uh-huh. And Dana does a joke about the mentally retarded. And Dana said, I'm totally doing this joke. I, and which I approve, quite honestly. Because uh, yeah. if you have a joke about anything, if you can't do it in front of the people that right. you're in front of, then that's it. Yeah. You're a dick. I get it. Yeah. I get it. And so I go on stage and he's like, they didn't sit him in the front, did they? And I go, they did not. And so, oh, okay. but so they, you know, at least oh, you don't yeah. have to stare at the guy. Yeah. You shouldn't have to stare at somebody on their phone. You shouldn't have to stare at somebody who right. is. Is on their iPad or is yeah or, or is what um like uh, yeah mentally retarded or, oh yeah oh, you mean in the front row in the front row you, yeah because you don't you never know what's gonna, like what comics are going to come up and not know that and there's right. too many variables you wouldn't want to do that because you can create a situation that's, oftentimes they'll they'll put the blind guy look, in the front and yeah. then you will accidentally oh, call God. them We've, oh, on yes. the fact that they're not watching and they're like well I'm I'm actually oh. I'm listening. I'm blind, so I'm not actually oh, looking at th- you. I'm very sorry. I threw a free T-shirt at a blind man. It went right over, wrapped around his head. Fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> That's that just was bullshit. A, no, yeah, it's no, a, it's for true. That happened with right. Eddie Pepitone, like, and I felt so bad because then afterwards, like, oh yeah, that guy's blind. And I, oh god. Which then you just got to go and go. I mean, I, I the the thing about people who are differently abled is that. They know that they're differently abled. And, yeah. and I mean, maybe, maybe not the, the Down syndrome kid, but he probably does. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure someone has, has let him in on it. Sure. And Down syndrome doesn't mean that he doesn't have. <laughs> they have self awareness of, of stuff. And they're actually amazing. Yeah. They're, they can have amazing conversations and they're, they're, they totally know what's going on. Yeah. And like, um, but it's not something you want to engage with, um, because, because you're other make people the rest get, of the audience yeah, other is going to be freaked out. Yeah. And it can affect the entire show. And nobody wants that. No. The the person who is differently able doesn't want that. The comic doesn't want no, 100% it. Hundred percent of the people audience, don't want that. Yeah, that's hundred yeah. percent. You're just like uh, <laughs> straight back. Well, I had a guy once. Like I always feel like when you say at the beginning of a show, everyone, please turn your cell phones off. That is a way of telling people don't listen to anything I'm saying right now because you've heard. It's like they you don't listen to the airline spiel at the beginning of the one guy is Boise Thomas. He goes, hey everybody, um, please keep your phones on. Put him, but put him on vibrate. He's like, you never know. You may get a really important call. Like, and I think he half, he was halfway being a little facetious, like, mm-hmm. cause he made people go, 
I guess I wouldn't be getting anything that important. I guess I will turn my phone up. Like he actually like reverse psychology it. Yeah. He, he was like, keep your phones, but keep them on vibrate. Don't don't have it out loud because there's a show. I know but, you're doctors. Yeah, he, no, I know yeah, that, he said something like that. I know that you're 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 there's somebody trapped in a mine somewhere who might need to text you. It's, yeah, and I <laughs> that got like yeah, he didn't go over the top like that, but no, he did. But yeah. he did like say something like, look, he goes, maybe you have a really a situation where you need to answer your phone, but like you can just uh, keep it on vibrate instead. Out of the room, whatever. He made everyone lit, like everyone listened to that. And went, oh yeah, I should, I should turn off my phone. Like all it did is make everyone turn off their phones. Right, right. It's I've been to, I've been to like Broadway productions where the phones go off. Oh god, no. second row, second row, just people not turning their phones off, and all of a sudden, or I, I was in a, sh- sh- I, th- I think I saw the Frogs with Nathan Lane. And mm. I was way in the back, but the phone rang in front of us and she took the fucking uh. call. And you're like, I think it was a over a hundred dollars for these shitty seats. If you mm. could not have your phone, uh. that'd be great. If yeah. you could just somehow uh. uh shove it up your ass. Yeah. That'd be great. I've had fun I've had a phone go off at a funeral. Like that's one of the that's really awkward. That was in two weeks' notice when it goes off. Uh, she's the bridesmaid, and for some reason she has it on her person. Wait, what and, was that? Um, uh, Sandra Bullock. Oh, a movie in, two weeks' notice? Oh, I did not yeah. see this. Oh, that's all right. Nobody has it. Oh, Are you a rom-com person? I'm mean, very much a rom-com oh, person. Oh, okay, okay. I have not seen Trainwreck or um, Sisters. All right. By the way, an entire great. episode someday, uh, I'll come back and talk about the movie Shakespeare in Love, because I can do an, I could do three hours on that movie. Um, right. Have you ever watched that movie? Yes, I've seen it. Okay, someday we're going to talk about it. Even Fair if enough. it's not on a podcast. Troy Conrad, we're at an hour ten. We're, so hour let's ten. wrap it up, man. we got to wrap it up. This let's, is uh, it. It's been great. Thanks for so much for coming on. This and, was a blast. And uh, and uh, people, learn more about uh, photography and MMA and clearly uh, stand-up comedy. But go to uh, see some set list yeah. and follow Troy Conrad and at Troy Conrad's on the Instagram. And, and set list show. And the uh, show on Nerdist. And prompter talks. And prompter talks. So thanks so much for uh, being on the show, Troy. Thanks, Jackie. And you know the rules, folks. Take care of each other out there. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. (laughs) My hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?